This week, I've been really blown away by the change of God, um, the change that I'm seeing in my life and challenges around me. And I, and I mean, you know, not that there's anything bad because challenges to win anything is a challenge, you know, to, to win at any game or anything that's is challenges involved to do, you know, to put together a crossroad puzzle is a challenge. So it's not like I'm talking about anything negative. But the challenges and one of the main challenges that I've come to is dealing with my perspective on change when God begins to change and change you. Not that he begins to change, begin to change you or to, to call you into the change that he's predestinated for you. And here's what I've come to find. I'm coming to to learn we have, as a people, have a tendency to see change after it's manifested. And then we call it change and we celebrate the change or we loathe the change or whatever the case may be. What God has been showing me is change begins in the realm of the spirit first and manifests in the natural. So if you like or don't like the direction of your change, you have time to catch it in the realm of the spirit if you're sensitive. And what God has been saying to me and is having, having me say to people, and I've said to you guys before, can we see God in the moment? Why do we always see God after the move is taking place? Can we see what God is doing? Can he trust us to share with us what's you know, coming down the pipe before it comes down? And he's been talking to me about not only change, but change in me is then the expectation of that change before it manifests. So can I start conducting myself and can I start living out of that change before it's actually manifested in my life or in, in my flesh? Um, I'll explain a little bit more. Sure, I will. Um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So he's talking about a now faith not a faith after it happens or when, you know, the whole world falls apart and now you call it on faith. But when God begins to say, I'm moving you to this next level, whatever that next level may be, we need to line up with that. According to faith, those promises need to be yea and amen. And we need to receive those things that they come. So as I was sharing with somebody this morning, you know, he said, when you speak to the mountains, they be thou removed, believe those things that you said has come to pass. You should have whatsoever you say. So it was, you must believe that it's so when it's said. And if you don't, then you need to go back and say it again. And if you still don't, then you need to say it again. And you need to keep saying it until you receive it presently. If you want to see the move of God in what you're calling your future. Faith cause those things that be not as though they were. Well, I am realizing that in areas of our lives, there are places where that's not a problem. But then there are other areas of our life where we have to acknowledge that that truly is a problem. We don't see the move of God until he moves. And there's places we have total confidence. And in there's places where we're saying, well, I'm going to rejoice after the blessing instead of finding God in the process and worshiping him in the process. There's so much power 
and worshiping God before the manifestation that I want to try to get us to. So as I'm reading these scriptures today, and I'm trying to encourage you with the promises of God, I need you to understand something. And what I need you to understand is this, it's not helpful to you in your walk if you can only rejoice in the move of God after it's done. It delays the blessing in your life by so much and for so long. And I think it's time we begin to put that childish way of believing and seeing God to bed. I want to be able to say your word says it. You spoke it to me and I sat with it long enough that I can't see it any other way but the way you promised it. And because I see it that way, even when circumstances and situations around me seem to be going in a different direction, and they will at times because the enemy will definitely try to get you off of your stance, my conviction of its reality is so real that I can't be moved. Can I get an amen or something? That, that is big for us in our walk. We need to be to the place that we can see God in the now when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. That's what he said. Faith is when you pray, believe that you have received and you shall have. So I'm not trying to do a big faith claim this, that, and the other thing. We're still dealing with real freedom. And real freedom is if you said it, then it's it. And if it's it because you said it, then help me get to the place, God, that I'm looking at things from your perspective and not my current situation. And that's a process. And just because you landed in one area, God has shown me in the area of finances to the level that you're on, you're comfortable with that. But in the area of finance to the level I've called you to, my boy, you're not there yet. You're not believing on that level yet. So I can say, well, my needs are met, my bills are paid, and I have no problems, and I trust God, and I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But when it comes time to actually say, when God calls me to say, I want to pull you into it. And he comes and he checks me and he goes, no, you're not there yet. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So here's what I'm challenging you. Here's my challenge for us today. What are we believing God to do right now that he's promised he will do? Let's not even get into the stuff that you're stretching your faith out to believe. Let's just take the stuff that you're believing for God to do. Let's, let's just go with that. Let's just take... I know God said he wants to do this in my life. Any of you by a show of hands can say, yeah, no, there's things that I've been waiting for that I know, I know he said he's going to do. And I'm still waiting. Okay. I want to challenge us as I go to the word today to find out where our right now faith. I want us to look at where our now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence not seen. I want to know what our now faith is. And I want us to be honest with ourselves because as I read these things, I don't want them to give you a thrill. I don't want them to give you a chill. I don't want it to get you um, what I call service excited, you know, Sunday morning blessed. I don't want you to be Sunday morning blessed and service excited. Yeah, these are phrases I've just coming up with, but they, they God gave them to me, you know, and then throughout the course of the week, when the everyday real life kicks in, all of those things go right back out the window or you put them back in your someday drawer. I know God's going to make a way someday or you just totally give up on it. And so I say, well, maybe the Lord, that wasn't the Lord's plan. Maybe the Lord only wanted me to have a half a cup. You know, th these are the kind of things that we do when, when we have that Sunday, that Sunday service blessing. Right. 
I want to make sure that we understand that we have a process. And that process is once we receive a word from the Lord that speaks to our life and our destiny, we now have an obligation to sit with that word until it permeates our spirit and we can't see it any other way. Now, I'm not asking you about everything in your life right now. I'm just asking you just to pick one, just to pick that one thing, one thing, one thing that you know God has been telling you for years and you've been trying to believe him for and it's been running from you or you've been trying to get close to it and it looks like it always turns the corner and goes the other way. And I want see, hmm, it's like a. Uh, a spiritual magnet when you get in you what I'm telling you, when you receive it to the point that you don't even have to be claiming, I'm claiming, no, I'm believing, I'm not believing that. That's my car. Oh, it's my, oh, that's my job. It's my Jesus name. And you know, I'm going oh, I, I, I went for the interview. Just pray for me. Pray for me. I get it. Pray. There's a place you get where that's no longer the case. That you sat with it long enough that it's so in you, just like, yeah. It is. It is because God said it is. And then you might get a call that sounds the wrong way. And you go, ah, man, I've sat with this too long and I've heard God too clear. And I'm not going to trust anyone else but the spirit of God who speaks to and through me. Are we together on this? Are we on the same page? Praise God. So I have some word today that I have for this message because we're still dealing with that real freedom. And I noticed there was a lot of free songs in the, in the uh, praise and worship today. There was a lot of songs with free and freedom in it. I was like, okay, all right. We, we, we're locked into the free. How many of us want to be freer? You know, we really want to step into that fullness of freedom in God. Amen. So let's do this. Um, I want to start with Psalms 37. And I just want to, and I'm going to, I'm not going to stay on a whole chapter today, but I'm going to be picking verses. It's not something I really do where I'm like jumping verse to verse to verse. But I just want to put some foundation in us so we can begin to anchor. So I want you to go to Psalm 37 and I'm going to do in verses 23 to 26. It says the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble. And I know I did a whole thing on this before, but I'm bringing it back for a reason. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him in his hand, with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the children begging bread. They are always generous, lend freely, their children will be a blessing. Now, that's a promise from the throne. But is it something that I've received? Is it something that you've received? We did a whole message on this. You all say, ooh, that, whew, that was powerful. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I just, oh, I felt the spirit when you did that message. Whoo, chills all up and down my spine. Okay, where is it today? Is it still chilling you like it was when you got your Sunday morning blessing, when you got your Sunday breakthrough, or did you leave that somewhere in the messages past and that's no longer part of your reality? See, I'm still holding to that. But to me, I'm going like, wait, 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 wait. So if I fall, you're not going to let me. You're going to pull me up. Okay, I'm standing on that. That's become a bookmark for me. That's become an anchor for me, and it's become an expectation. I'm not claiming it as much as I should, but I'm, I'll go back and look at it just so I can remember that this is my promise right now. So I'm asking you right now, is that your guarantee? Is it your promise? Is it your guarantee? And, and is it your guarantee now? 
I don't want any more of this. Someday God gonna make it happen stuff coming out of our faces, okay? I wanna believe that God is right now and God, he's timeless. And if he, if he gave me this word and I, the moment I read it is mine. I'm, I'm gonna let you sit with that a second. I want us to be the place that we are saying that the moment I read this word and receive this word is mine, not someday faith, but now faith. I want, hey, hey, Jesus, I want us to be in a place that I am taking this word into my spirit and not walking away from it until it sits in there. Let, let, let me give you a scriptural premise for what I'm saying to you. It says you should meditate on the word day and night then you will make your way prosperous and have good success, right? So this reason why you're not prospering because you're hearing the word, you're being blessed by the word, you may be even encouraged by the word, but you're not meditating on it until it becomes the only way you see life. Once you do, then you become prosperous and have good success. So there's the guidelines for me, right? I need to not only just hear it, I need to sit with it until it's how I see it. I'm going to be saying that a lot through the course of this message. So just, just lock it in because I'm going to keep saying it until you're tired of hearing me say it. It has to become now. And it has to become a now word. So pick that thing right now. Just pick that thing that God has been speaking to you about, that you've been waiting on, that you've been believing for. And like it's just, just been slow coming. And I want you to get that in your spirit. And I want you to begin to lock in and then begin to speak back to daddy and say, according to your word, I humbly receive it. I'm grateful for it. I thank you for it. And I know it's mine to have. And I know you're not trying to make me work for it. So I'm just going to sit with you until you change my spirit. That song on the inside you were playing. There's a part of that song. Fill my life to all I see is you, Lord. And that's what that spoke to me as I was preparing this. And I was like, yes. To all I see is what you said. And nothing else going on around me has any effect. Fill me so full of that promise of that word that I can't see anything but that. Can I get an amen on that? That's powerful, you know. So that's our promise. So to get started, even if I fall, he's not going to let, he's not, he's going to catch me in his hand. He's going to lift me up. The other scriptures say he lifts you up, lets you dash your foot against a stone. That's a promise. So that's mine. Um, 37, 35, 36. Like I said, some of this we did, we're just going to do it again. This is a, in a now in a now place. Uh, 37 verse 35, 36. I have seen the wicked and the ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant native tree, but soon he's passed away and is no more. Though I look for him, he couldn't be found. That's saying don't be jealous of people that seem to be prospering and evil when your thing is not working. I'm getting you to the place where you're going to be speaking your life. Psalms 121 verses two and three. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. There it is again. He who watches over you will not slumber. So here we are again. He's promising to not let you slip. Babies, children, men, women of God. 
There's the promises again and again of God saying, I won't let you fall. I won't let you slip. I got your back. I'll hold you up if you mess up. Well, I know I made a mistake and I, I just feel so bad. I just, I just feel so ashamed. God's like, nobody want to hear that mess. God don't want to hear that mess. Do you think that your pitiful crying and stuff is moving? That's not faith. That's you slipping into despair. Your place is supposed to be God. Even though I slip, you're going to hold me up. You're going to lift me up. You are not slumbering. You're not sleeping. You saw me before I slept. You already had your hand there as a pad. You're ready for me. You're ready to get me back on track. When do I stop rolling around in this mess? Please understand, God is not moved by pity. He is not. He is moved by his grace. He's moved by his love. He's moved by his compassion. And none of your blubbering and crying, that's not what he calls a contrite heart. You can be sad that moment, and then as soon as you get out of trouble, go right back to being what you was. So that's not a contrite heart. A contrite heart is when you're saying, God, that is the place that I've sat under your word and under your presence long enough that I no longer desire to be there. It's not even in me. It's not me fighting to do right. I just don't even want to be over there anymore. It just don't it, it, you've changed my spirit. Say, you changed my spirit. Say it. You, God, you changed my spirit so that I no longer desire that which is undesirable. Got it? That's where the power is. It's not in you struggling to be good. It's in you surrendering to him to the place that all you see is his promise for you. And some of y'all can stop apologizing to God so much. God's like, well, just stop that because you're going to be back in another few days and doing it again if you don't really repent and get this right in your spirit. So, you know, it's God, God don't want you to be sorry. I, I, if I wasn't on here, I would say something my dad used to always say to me. I, well, I'll say it, but I'll just beep it. When I would say, I'm sorry, he would say to me, don't be sorry. I hate a sorry N-word. <laughs> So, so it's the kind of thing I'm taking it this way from God. Like, I don't, I don't need you to be sorry. I need you to be powerful. I need you to be strong. I need you to be going forward. Okay. Get up from there and keep it moving. If you think I'm wrong. Okay. Gideon. The whole thing with Gideon. I won't go long on this, but I'm just going to put this out as a point. God came to Gideon and told him, rise up, rise up. You mighty man of violence. We're going to do all these great things. And what did Gideon start doing? He started being sorry. He was being a sorry N-word for sure. He started talking about my family's poor and I'm poor and I ain't got no clothes to wear and, I, and nobody likes me. And he started going through this whole thing and this whole pitiful thing. And what was God's response to him? He ignored him. He didn't even speak to it. He said, and you will rise up and you will go forward and you will take the land. God didn't even address his, I'm the weakest of my family and we're the poorest of the poor. God ignored that mess because God don't want to hear it. He wants you to hear him. He don't want to hear you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God wants you to hear what he's saying to you. He don't want to hear your sad story. So when you think by rehearsing your sad story, you are like um, really helping God. I'm telling you, you are not. 
God's like, I need your speech to line up with what I'm saying about you so I can do for you what I want to do for you. And I can't do it until I get you in agreement with me. Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's you and God as well and the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and all of you. We all got to be in agreement. So if Jesus is saying I'm delivered and I'm saying I'm trying to be delivered and Jesus is saying I'm great and I'm saying I'm trying to be great and Jesus is saying I'm prosperous. And I'm saying, well, you know, I'm really working on it. Are you in agreement? That's a question. You can shake your head. Yes, no, whatever you want to do. Are you in agreement with God if he's saying you are and you're saying I'm working on it? Are you in agreement? This is what I'm trying to get us to change right now. We need a, our speech needs to align with his promise. He told us what we are. He's been telling us our whole lives and we keep telling him back, yeah, I'm working on it. No, Call those things that be not as though they were. Speak the word of God as is it, as is it already is. And if you do, you start to see manifestation a lot sooner. This is, I'm just, do whatever you want with that. I, I gave it to you. There it is. Let me keep it moving. Are you being blessed? Hey, Amen. Wave a hand or do something for me. Good stuff. Good stuff. So he's watching over you again. Now, let's go to Psalms. And if you just want to let me read, you can do that too. But Psalms 121, verse 2 and 3. We just did that, but I'm going to read it again. Psalms 121, verses 2 and 3. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let my foot slip. He watches over you and will not slumber. But there's a point I want to go back to on it. He, uh, that's in the very beginning of this that I jumped over, that I, I was a point that I marked, and I want to make that point. It's not without reason or cause that the statement says, my help comes from the Lord. Say that, my help comes from the Lord. And then it goes down to say what? The maker of heaven and earth. Why do you think he makes that point? I'm going to tell you why. My help comes from the Lord. He may not be there when you want him, but he's right on time. That's not scriptural. Well, you know, in the Lord's good time and he'll make a way. That's not scriptural. He said, my help comes from the Lord. Watch this. The maker of what? Heaven. I'm acting like I can hear you. And earth. So the heavens which is where all spiritual blessings come from, right? Substance of things, hope for the evidence of things, not things, realm of the spirit, you know where he is, and earth. So here's what he's saying. If your help comes from the person who made it all, then what are you worried about? Then why would you be afraid or concerned about anything? If you are getting your help from the maker of the project, then you, otherwise, if I take my car to any old shop, I may be concerned, but if I take it to the dealer, I'm expecting, it might not always be true, but I'm expecting that they are experts on my vehicle and they know exactly what it needs to work. Amen? Like almost as soon as you pull in the door, they should be able to look and say, oh yeah, yeah, we know what that is. That's, that's a common thing. God is saying to you through his word, your help comes from me and I made this. Your help comes from me and I made it so I know how to fix it. 
I know how to diagnose the issue before there is an issue and I know how to fix it because I made it. You're not asking an angel for help. You're not asking a, a, a spirit, a, a, a person or anything else. You're asking for your help to come from the one who designed your body. Every blood vessel, sickness in the body, he knows how to fix that. He's the help. He knows how it's made. He knows how to fix it. Something wrong in your emotions. He knows how to fix that. He knows what to do with that. And, and my last trip there, I got a chance to really walk with God through some personal emotional stuff that's been plaguing me for a minute. And God said to me, would you stop walking through this? I said, well, God, I'm walking through it with you. He said, no, you're not. You're walking through this by yourself. I ain't in the middle of that mess. I'm not there. This is your pain. This is your heart. This is your issues. I'm saying to you, walk out of it with me. I called you to live above the evil in this world, not to walk through it. I called you to live above it. You walk through it because you choose to, and then you try to take my hand and drag me through with you where I got a higher calling for you, which is to walk above it. And so I'm saying to you right now, son, stop walking through this. You don't need to. You need to claim the freedom that I've given you, and then you need to walk in that freedom. It's yours to have. Wow. Well, God, I feel I made some mistake. Go back to that whole verse about you slipping and not catching your hand and not letting you fall. How many times do I need to tell you this? You don't have to walk through this. Meditate on this word some more to it's in your spirit because it's clearly not yet. So I had to go back to the drawing board. So I'm back to you with the same drawing board. I don't want to keep giving you new insight, new revelation until I know you totally anchored in this revelation here. This comes with your freedom. This comes with your salvation. This comes with your savior. This comes with your new life in Christ Jesus. All of this stuff that I'm sharing with you right here, this is already promised. You're not trying to receive this. This is your promise. Well, we need to take anchor on this. So say with me, I'm not made to fall. I'm not made to fail. God holds me up with his own hand. And he made this. So he'll keep me in it. Got to get amen. I'm not made to fail. And if anybody has trouble receiving that, well, go ahead and stumble along. But I'm going, I'm just going to get up out of this, okay? Let's go to 121, still on 121, verse 7 and 8, just so you don't think I am making this up. The Lord will keep you from all harm. They don't say some. They don't say he's going to allow you to go through some of it because you got to, because you're going to learn some things. It doesn't say that. Now, I, I don't know what your Bible says. Does your Bible read different than mine? The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord watches over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Ugh. Okay, I got to sit with this one until I can't take it because he says no harm. I don't believe that yet. I know I don't. Am I the only one? I know I'm not there yet. I know that there's a part of me that don't believe he want me to kill for arm. Then he said, from now on forevermore, now I'm, he will watch over your life. 
You're coming and you're going, going to work, coming home on a highway, people coming in schools and shooting up the place. God's like saying, I will keep you. I will watch over you. I will let no harm come to you from now and forevermore. Well, how come as Christians and stuff, they let that happen? Maybe because they didn't get to a place that they have accepted and believed that yet. I know you want to hear that because it's easy to blame God and that's your business. But I'm still going to tell you what the word says. And the word says right here in your Psalm 121, do you see what I'm seeing in your Bible? Is it reading for you the way it's reading for me? Okay, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life, your life. Come on. You're coming and you're going, both from now and forevermore. And if now forevermore hit me like this. We already went to the fact that he made this heaven and earth. He covers it all. He's, 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 he's the architect. He knows how it works. He's saying for now and forevermore, meaning, are you listening? That doesn't change. Right. If he, if he watches over you for now, and forevermore, it means it's the same. It's consistent. Right. That means why you're here and why you're gone. Right. Yes. Why you're here and when you're in heaven. Yeah. Now and forevermore. He's the same God watching over you. Same yesterday and day and forever. He don't change. Right. OK. OK. Let me see if we got this. See if we got this. When you leave this planet, this sphere and you go to heaven. You know there's a protection, yeah? A covering, yes. A keeping, yes. And God's doing that. You're there in heaven, right? He said now and forevermore, so I'm getting a sense, my feeling, that he want to protect me here the same way he would protect me there. I'm getting the feeling that he's telling me I want to protect you the same way here that I will protect you there. Now and forever, I'm not going to change the way I keep you. I know that's a little hard one. I know. I know. Not as hard for me at now as it was when I first started reading it. When I first started reading it, I was like, ah, ah. He said, yeah, well, sit with the word until it becomes real for you. Because it's there. So either we accept it or we don't. Do How many of you by a show of hands say, I really want to believe that. I'm not sure I really believe that totally, but I really want to. How many of you feel like, I, I believe that. No, I believe I'm protected just as good on earth as I am before the throne. I'm, I'm protected all the way through. See, we know. Thank you, Shell. Shell said he believes that for now. Amen. Praise God. Ain't, no, ain't nobody hating on you for that, bro. I'm telling you, we need to know it. We need to know that his, his love and his protection and his care and everything about him is ours everywhere he's the same god both yesterday today and forever he's our god and he cares for us then like he cares for us now and he'll care for us the same in the future so i'm gonna read this one more time this is a this is a real one the lord will keep me Y'all can say it, you can read it like that with me. The Lord will keep me from all harm. He will watch over my life. The Lord will watch over my coming and my going, both now and forevermore. 
when I was flying home on Friday morning, it's funny, I came back and I got to be back right back there next Wednesday for an award ceremony. Um, flying home, and the plane is just kind of doing the plane fly thing. It's just no turbulence, it's comfortable. And then all of a sudden, it just hit this big bump, which is weird to me because it's in the sky. It threw me off for a minute. But it hit the bump like we ran over a log or something. I mean, it was like a boom, just that one jump. And then it kind of, and I was like, wait a minute. Did we hit a, did we hit a, a, a cow or something? Like what, what the heck just happened just then? And for a minute, the flesh got really tight. I got, I felt a little nervousness and fear trying to come on me because one, I never got bumped that hard on the plane. Right. Two, what the heck is up there to be bumping a plane like that? Like, you know, like I ran over something. Like we in the sky. We're not supposed to be hitting bumps, speed knots. I feel like I was we're going too fast on one of them speed bumps in the community. It was it jarred this thing. I went, whoa. And I felt it. And you can hear people go, oh, you know, you heard like you know the sigh in the plane. And 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 all of a sudden it was like, no, my comings and goings. I'm going right now. Or coming, I don't know which way I was coming or going. Whatever I was doing, I was I was doing one of the two. Whatever you doing right now, you doing one of the two. I said I'm going or coming. Whatever I'm doing right now, you keep that. You watch over that. You keep harm from me. All right. And I just spoke that thing away. No, I'm not accepting. I'm not letting this fear permeate in my heart because that's a promise of mine. And, you know, like I said, I did it the way I told you last week to do it. I said, God, if you like your boy, I believe you do. You got me. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to worry about this. How many of you being blessed so far? How many of you being blessed? You're being blessed. You're being blessed. You're learning something. Hmm. I almost don't want to get off that verse because I love that verse so much, but I got so much good stuff right here, but let, let me just see, that's a long one. Okay, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I wanna read that one one more time though, just one more time, and then we gonna move forward. I just love this verse. The 121 verse seven and eight. The Lord will keep us from all harm. He will watch over our lives. The Lord will watch over our comings and goings, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 61. I want us to go there. And I'm going to give you a minute to get there. But this is powerful stuff here. Isaiah 61. Give myself a second to get there. This is, this is, this is, a, I'm in the NIV. Oh boy.
me see what verses I'm doing now. Isaiah 61. We're going to go from one to seven. Let's do that. The subtitle of this chapter, and I'm, if I seem like I'm kind of coming down a little bit, is because this really began to spoke to me, speak to me for this season of my life and for yours. Because the subtitle is the year of the Lord's favor. And for those of us who are saved and born again, we know that we are in this season or the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, I'm going to stop before I go any further. Does this verse sound familiar to you? Jesus went the time when he healed the man's withered hand. They got mad. They wanted to stone him. Remember? said he took the scrolls and he sat down and he read this. This is the verse he read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim the freedom of the captives. They said he read this thing. Now in the Bible, it just shows that he read that and then he put it down. So you think he just read that verse. But no, according to the history, he read this whole paragraph like to them he took the scroll and he read this to them then he put the scripture down and he looked at them are you listening to me are you listening to me some of my people's faces went away but i wish i could see your faces but listen to me he read this verse your savior and mine are you listening to me he read this verse and then he put it down and he said Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Remember? So I'm reading this to you to let you know that it's not an Old Testament reading because our Savior said, after he read it, today, this is fulfilled. It is manifested right now today. So as I read this to you, and I started this whole message with now faith versus someday faith versus how you believe in God for now, you believe in God's going to do it. He can do it. Won't he do it? He's already done it. It's been done. We step into it. They didn't know what he's going to do. He's done. He's made his promises. He ain't going and re-editing re it for me. He's made it. Now it's up to us to receive it and to sit with it until it becomes who we are. So I just want to make sure I lay that foundation for you. My savior said, your savior said back then that this is fulfilled in your ears. Why in your ears? You didn't say in your life. It's in your ears. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's saying you, it's fulfilled in your ears. So receive it. Come on. Hear it. Accept it in your heart. It's yours to have right now, this day. 
the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Well, let me stop right there. What's the good news to the poor? Just hold on. It's going to be all right. God knows how much you can bear. That ain't good news to the poor. And you ever been poor before? You know what good news is. Here's the check. Here's the money. It's right there. That's good news to the poor. I don't care what people try to say. Well, God don't want wealth. He said, I'm here to proclaim the good news to the poor. And the good news to the poor is not um, there's a soup kitchen down the block. Help yourself. That's, that's not good news to the poor. Good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor no more. That's good news to the poor. I, want, I see, I don't want you to sleep on these simple truths, but they're right here. They're powerful. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So he don't want you to be broke or brokenhearted. Not broke and not broken. He don't want your pockets broke. And he don't want your heart broke. He don't want no broke. Come on now. To proclaim freedom to the captive. There's our word, baby. To proclaim freedom to the captive. Well, because I'm black and life is holding me down. He said, that's because the society is telling you that and the news is telling you that and everything around you is telling that and you accepting that as truth. And so now you bound by it because you confessing it. You confessed it with your heart. You believe with your mouth. You believe in your heart. You know, let it indoctrinate you so much. Remember, I gave you the whole thing with containers last week. With containers, what's your container filled up? Well, if it's filled with CNN and Fox News and all that bull crap then that's what you feel with. So we believe we're the underclass. We believe we're the underdog. We believe that we're supposed to be beneath and they're going to discriminate against us. That's me too. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking about myself. But after I saw this, I came to the realization, wow. This is what I need to be focused on. My freedom is in this word. So watch this. Proclaim freedom to the captives. And release from darkness and, and release from darkness for the prisoner. Bam. Then this one right here. Ready for this? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Now, in the King James, this verse. Now, you're about to get an education. In the King James, this verse says, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. <clears throat> to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How many of you want me to explain that a little bit more? The acceptable year of the Lord, if you do your studies, is the year of Jubilee. How many of you know what that is? The year of Jubilee, who, who doesn't? Who doesn't know what the year of Jubilee is? I want you to do some studies here on your own time. I want you to get into this. This is powerful. The year of Jubilee was the year, I think it was every seventh year. Was it every seventh year? And in that year, all debts were canceled. If you had any debts, they were canceled, they were forgiven. Anything that was taken from you had to be returned to you. It was the year that God restored everything back to his proper position. So if over the course of the seven years, you made some bad deals or you did some things wrong or you, you got out of line, you got out of his will and you got outside of his blessing, on that seventh year, are you listening to me? 
he will restore back to you and forgive your sins, clean you out, fix you up, remove your debts and set you back up straight again so you can start fresh. How many would like that right about now? That's why they try to change the laws in a lot of places, but after how many years do they have to take stuff off your credit record? Seven years. That's a biblical principle. They took that, that's from here. That's the year of Jubilee. They've taken it and they've put twist a little man into it. And now they're trying to make it where, because they started with the college law. Oh, you're never free from that. But that's why this country is going down the drain because they're forsaking the, the laws and the principles of God that was built on. But the seventh year is supposed to clear you out. You're supposed to get a fresh start. Are you with me? That's where the year of Jubilee comes from. And so here's what he's saying. All stuff that was taken, even prisoners had to be set free in that time. It was the year of God's reconciling for you, right? So he's saying, when he says, I'm coming here to preach that acceptable year of the Lord. Man. To proclaim, verse two, the year of the Lord's favor or the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn. Now, look at this. The year, the day of vengeance to comfort those who mourn. So this day of vengeance is not judgment on you. Are you listening to me? Listen close. This day of vengeance is to judge those who judge you. We'll read it again. I know, I know I'm hitting it to you. The day of the vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn. So this vengeance is about correction, is about fixing things in your life, not about judging you. It's about your, your judgers are being judged. Does that make sense? I'm, we went through it all last week. Remember, he said, I'm leading these armies. I'm coming. They're coming from the left. They're coming from the right. They're going to come to the window. They're going to come from everywhere. There's going to be no escape for you. But if you repent, I'll push them out there to die, and I'll push them out there to die. Now his vengeance turns from you to those who are seeking vengeance toward you. That's the promise of God. I'm not making this stuff up. I study to show myself approved. That's the promise of God, that I will release vengeance on you, and then when you repent, I will wreak vengeance on those who are bringing vengeance toward you. What a mighty God we serve. I'm looking at my time. Okay, got a few more minutes. So we're going to pick up next week. Here we go. Ready? Verse three. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. God don't want you in despair. Everything he's doing here is to set you free. They will be called oaks. Now, I'm not even going to go do the rest of that. I'm going to pick that up. Let's just wrap this up and bring it home. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Yes, I started from the beginning. I'm sorry. This is what Jesus said. He read this whole thing in front of all the scribes and Pharisees. And then he sat the book down and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. But he read all of this. 
proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release from darkness from the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor or the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of God to comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them the crown of beauty. Somebody just say, I want my crown. I set my crown right now, my crown of beauty instead of ashes. Why is it beauty instead of ashes? Why is it beauty instead of ashes? Why is it beauty instead of ashes? We went over this last week because ashes was where you had to be when you were repenting. Remember, sackcloth and ashes. When you were in sin and you were wrong, you had to have ashes and sackcloth on you. That was a garment of shame. People had to see you and they had to see you in that and they had to know that you were mourning and you were grieving because you knew you did something wrong, that your sin had been exposed to you and now you needed to be in, in ashes and sackcloth. And he's saying right now, beauty for ashes. Are you seeing this? The day of mourning, the day of grieving is over. Take off those garments of heaviness. Take off those ashes because he wants to put you in a crown and, and, and dress you in, uh, with a crown of beauty. And so right now, can we just all do this right now on this word? Is this word speaking to anybody right now? Right now in your spirit, can we take off this sackcloth and ashes and just accept our crown right now? Because he said back then, today, this is fulfilled in your ears. So this is yours right now. This is yours. We say it's mine right now. Just put your, just put your crown on. Just, just, just put it on. Just put, just put it on. You know, that's yours. Just, just take the garment of heaviness off. Just get ashes off, off, just right now. Just this day, he said back then, this is fulfilled in your ears. So it was fulfilled then, then it's fulfilled now. Let's just, just, just shame the guilt or whatever. I don't care. Can we just put on that crown? Can we just take off this heaviness and can we just receive that crown? My God, my God. So to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, this they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Why is he doing all this? Not only because he loves you, but he wants you to look good for his glory because he wants to say, because that's my babies. That's why my baby love you. See that crown right there, Satan? No matter what you try to do and how you try to knock them down. Yeah, they cussed somebody out yesterday, but you know what? I'm going to take them ashes off of them and I'm going to take that, that sackcloth off of them and I'm going to put that crown on them. And they're going to look so beautiful anyway. Don't, ain't they beautiful? Look at my babies. My baby, But they did this. Yeah, they're still my babies though. And they're beautiful. Aren't they beautiful? Mm-hmm. You know, I see... Kwame there with his kids, no matter what them boys do, they, they, they right before you, right? That's my baby. They're beautiful. I, don't, I may get out on you, but nobody else better not say nothing. That's my babies, right? That's how God feels about you. Like, yeah, I'll say something to you. Somebody else better not. Satan better not be trying to put no guilt and shame on you. That's my babies. You don't you have nothing to say about my children. You don't tell me how to raise my children. That's my children. And this is what he's saying here. I'm going to take that garment of heaviness off of you. For the failings and the shortcoming of men, they had that scripture for years, maybe hundreds of years. 
But Jesus sat there in front of them and said, this day, right now, July 12th, 2022, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. That's real freedom. Hallelujah. Amen and amen.